You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu, and this show is sponsored by our good friends over at Pro Prep for the month of December. On this edition, we're going to be looking ahead to the visit of West Ham United at the Emirates Stadium this evening in what is a huge game. And it's another opportunity for Arsenal to move into fourth place. Now, over the last couple of days, Everything's been dominated by the Aubameyang stuff, right? We, we've hardly talked about this game, but it is a game of great significance. It is a game in which I think we can make quite the statement. There are a lot of people out there in the kind of wider footballing world, maybe outside of the Arsenal sphere, who, who feel like West Ham United are a much better side than us, who feel like West Ham United are, are much more of a kind of certainty when it comes to finishing in the European places. And I don't think that that's necessarily the case. I think that the fact that they're in the Europa League could cause them a problem further down the line. It could expose maybe a lack of depth. I think the fact that, you know, we're not in Europe is obviously a positive in that sense. But I also don't think that they're all that much better than us. I think they're a side that have been on wonderful form, very, very good last season, have continued that into this season. But they're not uncatchable. And and this is the thing with West Ham. I don't look at West Ham and think, well, they're very rarely going to drop points between now and the end of the season. I look at West Ham and think they could, um, you know, they could well drop points. They could well fall off the wagon. We've seen just signs of that in recent weeks. Yes, they beat Chelsea um, and that was a really, really positive result. But there have been some stuttering moments for West Ham United this season. And I think that if we could beat them at the Emirates Stadium in front of our own crowd tonight, that would be a big, big statement. And it would dethrone them of fourth place and give us the opportunity, hopefully, uh, to, to grow in confidence even more and continue pushing forward. So, um, yeah, I think this is a really big game. You know, it's it's one of those games, it's not a disaster if you draw because of the proximity between the two sides. I think it's, it's more a must-not-lose than a must-win, if that makes sense. And I know that a lot of people will be saying, oh, look, he's accepting mediocrity. He doesn't want Arsenal to win the game tonight. He doesn't care if Arsenal win the game tonight. Of course I care. Of course I want Arsenal to win the game tonight. I'm just looking at it from a pragmatic point of view. We've got a trip at the weekend to Leeds United, a side who are in really poor form at the moment, absolutely hammered by Manchester City um, at uh, last night at the Etihad. Now, I know that Man City are on a totally different level to Arsenal, so you shouldn't compare the two sides. But that just goes to show to me, although City were, were brilliant and, and usually are, that Leeds' confidence at the moment is rock bottom. They're really suffering because of the injury problems that they're having at the moment. Marcelo Bielsa's having questions asked of him, despite having done a wonderful job up until this point. So it is, um, you know, you, you look at these two games and, and six points would be great out of the two of them. But I've, I've always said throughout the course of the season, if Arsenal can average four points every couple of games, then that would stand us in good stead and we'd be there or thereabouts come the end of the season. That's me being really pragmatic and looking at it from a really, um, 
I guess, mathematical viewpoint. But, um, you know, of course, you want maximum points. You want to you want to beat these teams. You want to make those statements in terms of getting the victories against the teams in and around you. And tonight gives us a big opportunity to do that. I wonder what impact all this Aubameyang stuff is going to have on the team. I think if you look back at the weekend, it didn't seem to have any impact. Um, obviously, at that point, the news hadn't been broken that he'd been stripped of the captaincy. We don't know if he'd been stripped of the captaincy internally by that point or if it was um or if it was something that um that had been done you know in the days prior uh, the days post that sorry so yeah it's it's a little bit unclear as to the exact timeline of those events but we know that Aubameyang wasn't involved we know that Mikel Arteta was was upset with him we know that the club were upset with him and we know that he wasn't involved in the squad at all so Fingers crossed you don't see any kind of hangover from this thing. And, you know, we talked a lot yesterday about who might replace him. And, and the interesting thing about that conversation nowadays is that we're talking about a multitude of players, whereas in the past we were talking about one. We were talking about two max candidates. And now we're in a place where there are a few players that people would be quite happy to see given that that honour and that responsibility. So we're in a better place. Um, we've got the likes of of Lacazette, Xhaka, who uh, Mikel was talked about as being part of his leadership group. I know a lot of people are taking issue with that comment because of um, because of kind of bad memories from Unai Emery's time, where he, of course, wanted to have a group of captains and and then they voted in a captain, and we all saw what happened there with Granite Xhaka. So for me, I, I just think that. Um, I just think that Mikel Arteta is in a headspace whereby he's saying, I'm not going to rush this decision. And I think that's what he was doing yesterday. I don't think he was genuinely suggesting that he wouldn't name a captain and that he'd just name five guys that could share it all between them. I think we will get to that point. And if you're to believe a lot of the reports doing the rounds this morning, then it looks like Martin Odegaard is a very strong candidate as well. So, um, as I say, I don't believe that Mikel Arteta is is intending on naming a number of captains. I think he's just simply buying himself a little bit of time now um, with regards to that decision and, and kind of making sure that the focus is on the game and not these other things going on in the background. So fingers crossed it doesn't impact us too much. But in terms of the game itself, what am I expecting to see, um, first of all, from West Ham United? So I think a lot of people have have been quite, uh, positive about how bold West Ham have been in comparison to to how David Moyes sides traditionally set up you know they're scoring goals with no problem um they've got plenty of threat you know Jared Bowen's been fantastic this season Mikel Antonio everybody knows what he can do Thomas Suchek is is more than capable of popping up from a set piece the likes of Lanzini for now is all in and around those players so there's a lot of talent in that West Ham side but if you look back at the games in which David Moyes has taken even this very strong West Ham side this season and last season away from home to the big sides, he has been the pragmatic and cautious David Moyes that we all know. Um, and I don't expect that to be all that much different tonight. I think West Ham will be looking to play on the counter-attack. The onus is not on West Ham to go out and win this game. The onus is on us. We're the home side. We're the ones chasing. So where I said that for us, this was a must not lose more than it is a must win. I think that's even more true for West Ham United than it is for us. So I do expect David Moyes' side to come and try and be compact and, and try and use their physical dominance, which they undoubtedly have. You know, you look at that around that team. 
it is built of absolute units. So um, I think they will try and 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 sit in a little bit, looking to use the pace that they have in Bowen and Antonio on the break. Um, and and David Moyes will have done his homework, and he would have seen that actually the way Arsenal have been getting joy of late is is by almost inviting teams onto them, taking risks the way we did against Southampton, and then finding a way of playing around and through that. Southampton were a side who came to the Emirates Stadium last weekend, and you knew exactly what you were going to get. That's the Ralph Hasen who to way that you know. No matter where they are on the table, no matter what's going on uh, at St Mary's, Southampton are, are a pressing side. That's what they do. With West Ham, it's a little bit more difficult to get a read on because they are capable of doing both sides of the game. They are capable of taking it to you, but they're also capable of sitting off and playing on the break. If I had to guess, if I had to bet my house on it, I'd say that they're going to be a little bit cautious, especially in the early stages, and attack when the opportunities present themselves as opposed to trying to be relentless and on the front foot from the first minute. I mean, it's the smart way to play it, right? If you look at Arsenal over the last six months to a year, if you had to say or find one big criticism of this team, you would say that sometimes we can't unlock the low blocks. Sometimes we can't break down teams who decide to put players in front of the penalty area because we don't always show or have or possess that guy or in that creativity. So if you're West Ham, if I was the West Ham manager, I'd say keep it tight, early stages. We can hurt this team on the break and let's make sure we don't give anything away cheaply because this Arsenal side, once they go a goal up, you know, they, um, they've tended to, to retreat a little bit um, and, and that gives people an opportunity, but that's not a tactic. And I think David Moyes will be well aware that there'll be a lot of work having been done behind the scenes at Arsenal in recent weeks to make sure that that doesn't happen anymore and that that doesn't happen going forward. So that when Arsenal do take the leading games, they stay on the front foot. They stayed on the front foot, I thought, against Southampton, which was really, really good. And we need to, um, you know, we need to be doing that more regularly. I think West Ham will be well aware that that is something that has been talked about with Arsenal and they will expect Arsenal to have done some work on that. And I think the, the win over Southampton was the first sign that, or, or one of the first signs that Mikel Arteta is really kind of focused at this moment in time on making sure that we don't take a 1-0 leading games and start sinking deeper and deeper and deeper. Uh, we have to be able to get out. We have to be able to progress the ball. And um, and yeah, so I, I expect West Ham, as I say, to be that little bit more cautious, to drop off slightly deeper and look to hit us on the counter-attack. I hope that they can entice us into committing more men forward in an attempt to break them down and then exposing us in the channels with the brilliant pace and power that they have in some of those positions. So that's my expectation of West Ham. From an Arsenal perspective, um, been thinking a lot over the last sort of 24 hours about the team that I would go with. Um, obviously, we know that Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is not involved. We know... Uh, that Mikel Arteta has taken that decision to exclude him from the squad. He will not be involved in any way, shape or form this evening. So what does Mikel Arteta do? Do you continue with the side that won so convincingly against Southampton or do you make changes? Now, in his press conference yesterday, Mikel Arteta said that at that point, as far as he was aware, everybody was fit, everybody was available. So let's uh, work our way through the team that I would pick. And I'd love to hear from you guys in the comments as well. Aaron Ramsdale, fantastic uh, in goal. And, and for the first, not for the first time this season, my back four 
uh, picks itself with everybody being fit and available. Um, it's simple. Kieran Tierney, I think, retains his place after a better performance against Southampton than we've seen from him in recent weeks. I think in the midfield, I think it is going to be Xhaka and Partey. That's what I'd continue with. I think West Ham, more than most, have a um, a real ability with, with Suchek and Rice to dominate you physically in the midfield. Um, and I think that Xhaka and Partey give us the most steal as well. Uh, so aside from what they do on the ball, I think that those two are the, are the right two to play just in front of our back four. Uh, in the number 10 position, I'd go with Martin Odegaard. He's in an incredible vein of form. Um, he's managed three goals in his last three Premier League games. And he is someone that a lot of people are talking about as the next club captain. He leads the press brilliantly. Um, you know, he he works incredibly hard and he started to find that bit of, of spark again in the recent uh, the recent weeks. So, yeah, Martin Odegaard uh, retains his place for me. On the right, I would go with Bukayo Saka. Up front, I'd go with Alexander Lacazette in the absence of Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, of course. And on the left-hand side, I think this is where the decision needs to be made because, of course, um, you know, you're... A lot of people are looking at Gabriel Martinelli as someone who's come into the side and done incredibly well. Um, you know, he's he's made an impact in the games. He, he scored that wonderful goal against Newcastle. Uh, I thought did okay up at Everton, um, did really well at Manchester United. And uh, of course, um, you know, I thought had a pretty good game. I thought probably had his best game actually overall, you know, obviously scored in the Newcastle game, but he came on as a sub. So I think I thought he had his best game overall against Southampton. I thought he caused them problems throughout. But with Emil Smith-Rowe back fit and available, what does Mikel Arteta do on the left-hand side? Now, I think the right idea here would probably be to go with Emil Smith-Rowe. And the reason I say that is because if West Ham play the way I expect them to play, then I expect us to need to have that little bit more creativity, that little bit more guile. And I think Emil Smith-Rowe brings you that. Um, the flip, the other thing that come into my thinking here when I decided that I'd probably go with Emil Smith-Rowe, and remember, this is not what I know Mikel Arteta is going to do. This is what I would do. The other thing that came into my thinking is that Alexander Lacazette is probably not going to get through 90 minutes. Never does. Uh, around about the 60, 65th minute, he's normally blowing um, and normally needs to be replaced. So I think that Gabriel Martinelli gives us a good option to bring on for Lacazette a little bit later on. And then what you end up with is a really kind of fluid front three where people can interchange positions. So, yeah, um, I think that that I would maybe just slightly lean towards Emil Smith-Rowe for those reasons, knowing that Gabriel Martinelli has a part to play anyway, most probably as a replacement for Alexander Lacazette. The other thing that came into my thinking was perhaps uh, leaving out Bukayo Saka. I think he's in desperate need of a rest. Um, but, you know, he's he's playing well. And yeah, it's um, it's it's difficult. It's, it's really difficult. I think the great thing is that there's competition in those positions. You know, your Smith throws, your Saka's, your Odegaard's, your Lacazette's. You know, Eddie Nketiah, aside from that horrendous miss up at Everton, actually did quite well when he came on. He'll be in the manager's thinking as well, especially when Mikel's talking about uh, his desire to keep him at the club. So I think there are options, but I think that it, I would probably go with Emil Smith-Rowe on the left-hand side. I can see a lot of you in the chat box um, are disagreeing with me. Um, 
Dennis says that Martinelli would be perfect for this game. Don't take him out so soon because then we'll be back to square one with the kid. I, I don't necessarily think, Dennis, that leaving him out for one game is 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 going back to square one. I think that we are going into a really, really busy Christmas period and it's natural that managers rotate at this part of the season. It's why Manchester City always have an incredible Christmas period. And normally that's what propels them into the position from which they go on and win the title because they are so much better than everybody else at rotating because of the depth that they have and not really seeing that impact their performances. Remember, we're play we've played last weekend. We're playing on Wednesday, which is tonight, and we're playing again on Saturday away at Leeds. So I don't think it's the worst thing in the world to make a few ch to make a change here or there to freshen things up. Um, I think it's necessary in the modern game, and I don't think, um, as as Delisu says, it would send the wrong message to Martinelli. I think that Martinelli has shown that he's patient enough and understanding enough to get the fact that we're going into a really busy period. Emil Smith Rowe's been brilliant when he's played this season. How can you just? bin him out and leave him on the bench for the foreseeable. You know, he he will come back into the side at some point. And I just think that given the heavy fixture schedule that we need to contend with over the Christmas period, I think there will be some rotation somewhere. And I think that's rotation that can be done without particularly weakening the side. Um, that's that's my view anyway on it. But I, look, I understand it. I, as I said, it's not an easy decision. Um, or it's not easy to to make the case that Martinelli should be left out when I've just sat here and told you that I thought his performance against Southampton was his best so far this season. But it wouldn't be leaving him out because his performance wasn't good enough. It wouldn't be leaving him out because we're going back to square one with him. It's leaving him out because of the period that we're going through and the fact that we're going to need to rotate and we're going to need to stay fresh because the Christmas period, as we've seen time and time again, is key. Um, it's key. So that's my team. Let me just run through it one more time for those of you that are listening via the audio platform. Uh, Ramsdale in goal, back four of Tomiyasu, White, Gabriel and Tierney. Xhaka and Partey are in the midfield. Odegaard in the 10 roll. Saka from the right, Smithrow from the left and Lacazette through the middle. So that's the uh, that's the side I would go with. Um, let me know your thoughts. Let me know the side that you would pick. Um, I'd be interested to hear it. And uh, and we're going to wrap up with a bit of a prediction. Um, and uh, yeah, I'd love to have your predictions as well in the live chat box. But before we get to that, to give you guys a chance to pop your uh, thoughts into the chat box, let me bring you guys a quick message from our sponsors over at ProPrep. Uh, ProPrep is the perfect study tool for university students undertaking science, technology, engineering, or maths-related modules. It can half your study time. ProPrep provides bite-sized videos relevant to the module or course, which can be accessed from any device at any time. It's already helped over half a million students to pass their exams. They provide customized STEM study tools that match your syllabus. Long lectures are condensed into short and clear video tutorials. And after the videos, you can go through what you've just learned with interactive exercises and practice questions so you'll be ready. You can even submit questions to the ProPrep professors and receive a video answer back within 24 hours. They've created a special offer just for our listeners. All you need to do is go to their website, proprep.uk slash info slash football for more information. And our listeners can sign up for a free 30-day trial now. No credit card information required. That's P-R-O-P-R-E-P.uk slash info slash football. That's ProPrep, the ultimate study tool. 
and we thank them for their kind sponsorship. Let's see uh, what else we've got in the chat box. Um, Sooty FM, uh, big hello to you, mate. How are you doing? He says, uh, Emil Smith-Rowe hasn't played for a couple of games. Martinelli is in good match form, so would start him over ESR. I, I get it. Um, and look, in an ideal world, I'd start him as well because I don't think his performance warrants him being left out of the side. But I do also acknowledge the need for freshness and the need for rotation during this busy, busy Christmas period. Remember, you got Martinelli didn't play a lot of games last season, right? And he was really cautiously handled in the way that Arsenal brought him back last season. A lot of people were sitting there saying, well, why is he not getting the game time? And he actually himself came out over the summer and spoke about the fact that he he knew it was going to be like that. He knew that he was going to be used sparingly. He knew that his opportunities would be limited. And, and unfortunately, this season with the lack of European football, those opportunities for someone like Martinelli have been very few and far between. I'm not saying that he shouldn't start because of... Um, because of his form or because of his quality, I'm wondering whether Mikel Arteta will look at that situation and say, I'm going to, this is an opportunity with Smith Rowe returning to give him a breather because of the fact that we go to Leeds um, at the weekend. You know, that's obviously an important game. This is an important game too, but we go to Leeds on the 18th. On the 21st, we play a game in the Carabao Cup. Then on the 26th, so just five days after that, we have Norwich away. Then we play Wolves at home two days after that. And then three days after that, we take on Manchester City. So it's a really condensed fixture schedule, as it always is over the Christmas period. And I think we're going to have to accept, whether it's with Martinelli or Saka even on the other side, that there's going to be some rotation during this period. And I think it's about the manager finding how to rotate without causing too much disruption and I think he might look at this and say yeah um, this is the opportunity to bring uh, ESR back into the side and potentially give uh, Martinelli a bit of a breathe up I don't know that's that's just my view and, and as I say I don't know that that's the team he's going to pick um, I, I don't know that that's what he'll do uh, Sam says I think Tavares and Martinelli are a better fit for the Leeds game than tonight interesting um and and perhaps Mikel Arteta will look at it like that as well. But um, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting because, as I say, really busy period coming up. How do we manage the squad? Remember, yes, we don't have European football, and that's a positive in that sense. But we're also talking about having to use players during this period who are going to be at some points brought in from the cold. Players who haven't played a lot of first-team football recently are going to have to be called upon at various points during the Christmas festive schedule, whatever you want to call it. So. Yeah, I think there will be some changes. I think there will be some rotation. I would have been tempted had it not been West Ham with the physical midfield that they have to give Lokonga a game tonight instead of Partey. Um, that was another thing that I thought about when when sort of naming this eleven that I'd go with. It was in my mind because I think lakonga has been pretty good overall. I think it's quite harsh and, and he might feel slightly unfair that he's been taken straight out of the team and replaced with Granite Xhaka, but I just look at what Xhaka brings in terms of like a physical presence in the middle of the park, um, an authority in the middle of the park. And I think that he and Partey are the two that we probably need to go with. I think at Leeds, maybe, um, 
you could consider Lukonga. I know that Leeds play with a press and an aggressive press, but they're not doing it with the same conviction they have done previously. So I just wonder um, if Lukonga will get one of these two fixtures coming up. Um, you know, if he does, I would lean towards the other one. I don't think this is the game to um, to put Lukonga in just because he, he can dwell on the ball sometimes a little bit too long. Um, and I think he, he may well end up getting bullied, whereas I don't really have that fear of, of him being bullied or of Xhaka being bullied in a game like this anyway. And, and as I keep saying, West Ham United, incredibly talented side, but they're certainly a side that uses the physical side of their game to level the playing field when perhaps the quality is not on par with their opponents. So, yeah, interesting to see uh, how this one goes. But, yeah, that's my team. And my, as a score prediction, I'm going to go for a... I'm going to go for a 1-0 to the Arsenal, I think. I fancy us tonight. I really, really do. I, I don't know um, whether we'll be we'll be able to get over the line. I hope that we can, and I hope that we can put all the crap that has uh, occurred over the past few days to one side behind us and move forward. But I do fancy Arsenal tonight. I really do. I'm going to the Emirates, buzzing for the game. I'm confident, looking forward to it. As I said to you guys as well, I'll bring you a YouTube short Um immediately after the full-time whistle as well uh, to give you guys something to digest whilst I um, make my way uh, back home and get ready for the podcast, which will be a late one tonight. I'm going to pre-warn you because it's an eight o'clock kickoff. Uh, I doubt I'll be online before half past 11, um, which I know sounds late, but you can always pick it up in the morning. So that's my prediction. That's my team to face West Ham United. Let's see how we got on. Fingers crossed. Arsenal can take all three points, move into fourth place. We've missed an opportunity to do that already this season. Hopefully we don't miss it for a second time around. I'll catch you all later on. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you hit the like button if you haven't done so already. Um, it really, really does help. A big thank you to Banos as well for his really kind comment at the beginning. I did highlight this to, to show it up and then I, I almost forgot and I just saw you in the comments again. So thank you so much. He says, can't say, can I just say how proud I am uh, to see a fellow Cypriot doing bits in sports journalism? Thank you so much, man. Uh, really, really appreciate it. And uh, thank you to all of you for your support. Like, subscribe. You know the drill by now. Uh, I'll be back later on with some uh, content reacting to whatever occurs at the Emirates Stadium tonight. Until then, take care. listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.